You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. One day closer to playing for an SEC championship. But let's beat Arkansas first. Let's do beat Arkansas first. I think that's going to be crucial. First of all, our condolences go out to the entire Ray Perkins family. Um, he passed away here, uh, I guess, last night. And um, very sad to hear. Jimmy, do you have any memories from the Ray Perkins era at Alabama? You and I are probably too young for any of his playing days. No, but no. The coaching right. I do uh, several, really, uh, and then I got to meet and kind of got to know Coach Perkins a little bit. Uh, even watched uh, probably three, three or four games with him up in a uh, box that he was in. Uh, so even in his late days, he was a huge Alabama fan. Kept up with everything that was going on with the program. Big fan of Nick Saban's. Uh, was a real privilege to get to watch games with him. Um, you know, just such a living history of Alabama football as he was. But uh, in terms of, uh, you know, his coaching at Alabama from 1983 through 1986, I remember a few things. But number one, he recruited uh, Derek Thomas uh, to Alabama, and uh, he was a really good recruiter. I think the second best recruiter that we've had post-Coach Bryant um, and had – I firmly believe this. I'm not just saying this because – because he passed and we're honoring him today. I've always said if, if Ray Perkins had stayed at Alabama and not left, I believe he would have won a national championship at Alabama at some point. I don't think he would have had the success that Nick Saban's had, but, but I mean, but, but, but I do think he was uh, on a, uh, on course to recruit a national championship winning team at Alabama because the recruiting just got better and better every year he was here. And it was really Ray Perkins recruits, that were a big part of Alabama's success in 1989, winning the SEC uh, when Coach Curry was here. So, uh, yeah, big loss, great guy. I have several friends who knew him really well. And the best thing I can say about him is my friends that knew him really well do not speak more highly of him. I mean, the people that knew Ray Perkins were giant fans of Ray Perkins, the people that knew him well. Uh, so a big loss to his wife, uh, Lisa, who's, who's wonderful. And of course, uh, uh, coach had several uh, kids. So, uh, condolences to them. And, uh, wow, what a great contribution to the history of Alabama football. Ray Perkins made as a player and as a coach, and then as a supporter. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, so he took over in 83, correct? 83. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was, Gosh, I was maybe 10. Um, I was an Alabama fan, but I was not like avid like I am now. Things were certainly different. Obviously, no internets, no Twitters, no Facetograms, nothing like that to sort of keep snap up. Snap faces. With, no snap faces as Bill Belichick puts it. Yeah, to, to keep up with the day-to-day -day of football operations. And so all I could rely on was the newspaper, which I never saw because my parents didn't subscribe to one. So, um, you know, I just occasionally <laughs> – 
got <laughs> Alabama tidbits and watched games. But, you know, I was a typical 10-year-old Alabama fan. Well, Bryant obviously had passed when we hired Perkins. Um, my dad came to me and said, uh, well, Luke, do you know Alabama's new coach? I said, I don't. I, he said, it's Ray Perkins. I, he said, do you know who he is? I said, yeah, he's the host of uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> Marlon, Perkins. Marlon Perkins. And I was like, damn, what an odd choice. <laughs> I mean, I guess he really wants some animals on the defensive line. Um, Can't believe when that, you were you were 10 and I was 12, we were watching the same shows. That was a I watched that show. Really dumbass comment by me, and that is a completely true story. Um, but I do feel bad for the Perkins family. You always hate it when you lose somebody um that's an icon in you know, he's not certainly on the Mount Rushmore of, of Alabama football or anything, but I think Ray Perkins uh did pretty doggone well at Alabama. Um Cecil Hurd had a tweet today where he said, look, if Perkins had had a little bit more time and if he hadn't left uh, for Tampa Bay, then um, – or left for the – yeah, he left for Tampa Bay. Um, he left he, Tampa he, Bay. He was at the Giants and then came to Alabama and then left for Tampa Bay. But if he had if he had not left, he thinks he would have won a national championship. And his recruiting was such that he may have. Um, the I problem was – you know what? Good. Ray Perkins had a little Malzahn in him or a little Tuberville maybe in the sense that you know, it, every now and again, he just – he would lay one that you were like, wow. I mean, I know that Penn State team we lost to in 86 uh, was damn good. Yeah. National but, champions, I think. Yeah, but there was no reason for them to beat us like they beat us. Right, right, right. With right. our team. That 86 schedule was just brutal. Oh, wow. <laughs> we played, uh, you know, in the SEC, and then in the non-conference played – Ohio State, Penn State, and Notre Dame. Yep. I mean, that's ridiculous. What? Now, I mean, what? That would never happen in twenty in the in twenty twenty. That would never ever happen. No one's ever going to do. Now that said, I think we only played six or seven conference games at the most back then. Maybe six. I mean, there 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 wasn't the full eight games plus an SEC championship. It was like six conference games or seven, uh, but still, that's just nuts. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. I mean, there was no reason for us to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just six conference games back then. You're right. Um, the non-conference. <laughs> you know, I asked him. I asked him that one time. I can, t- I can say it now. I asked him. I said, Coach, you're, you're 86 team, really good team at Alabama, the 86 team. Do you think that the schedule – Cost. I mean, was was the schedule was that a championship winning team? But the schedule was just too tough. And he said, "No, no, I just didn't have enough good players." <laughs> That's it. Wow. Was it. Well, <laughs> um, have enough good players. Here, here, just going down memory lane real quick. That was the '86 game was obviously the kickoff classic. My parents went to that. I've already told that story about when my parents came back. They brought us this new toy that was sweeping the the that area it wasn't made it down south yet which was laser tag and we were like the first people in alabama to have laser tag it was awesome but um what a game that was and then we play vandy and then southern miss um and then at florida we win that game um you know florida wasn't the florida they are or they were in the late 2000s or in the 90s but they were still tough then notre dame at home at legion field that game was pretty famous uh memphis state they were still memphis state at the time at Tennessee, we were undefeated, ranked number two. Penn State comes in at number six. They beat us twenty-three to three behind DJ Dozier, I believe it was. Um, yeah. 
And then at Mississippi State, we get a big win. And then LSU comes to Legion Field, and Bobby Humphrey scored. If they're at instant replay, he scores, but they called it a fumble um, on a dive over the top. Uh, Beat Temple, of course, lose to Auburn on that reverse, uh, and then destroy Washington in the Sun Bowl. Um, But some some John Casimus was on that team, and John Casimus is done. He's done pretty damn well for himself. I don't know if you know, but he's he's sort of like he's a rest, restaurateur, correct? Yeah, and he also started something called uh, Crazy Cas Boys, which is like this is pretty interesting. You go in this, um, it's like a, okay, it's just this facility. It's like a regular shop, but they just get all this overrun or stuff that didn't sell or whatever, and they dump it on these tables. And on Mondays, it's like everything's ten dollars. On Tuesdays, everything's seven dollars. On Wednesdays, everything's $5 on down until you get to like on Sunday, everything's a quarter. And then, or maybe Saturday, everything's a quarter and Sunday is a restock day. And it's just, you might find mix mismatched socks or you might find an iPad. And if you find an iPad, you get it for 10 bucks. Doesn't make a shit what it is. It's all 10 bucks. There's no need to like, let me, what if I get this and this? Nah, there's no negotiation. This is what it is. It's a pretty cool so concept. It, and it's, so, so it sounds to me like, the day is to be that you want to be there on Monday because that's when the real deals are where you can find the real deal or on Saturday when you just bring a handful of quarters and, and you're like, well, this thing right here sucks, but it only cost me a quarter. Yeah. You're like, I'll, okay. I'll pay a quarter to watch a monkey screw. I mean, I'll, I'll do whatever, so, you know, <laughs> Good Lord, this must be, a, this is a strange place. That was, yeah. I mean, that was a strange yeah. place. Yeah, is this where the monkey screw it is? Because I, I came here looking for a monkey. Um, okay. I was going to buy this iPad and some monkey screwed on top of it. Well, yeah. If I buy the iPad, I don't have to come back here to watch the monkey screw anymore. I can put it right up on the on the interwebs. Um, okay. Let's tell, I, I, should, I feel like I should pause before I tell everybody about Coors Light here just to get the taste yeah. out of that out of your mouth. Um, but Coors Light is a delicious taste. Coors Light, you can't beat it. You can beat an egg. You can beat a bush. You can't beat Coors Light. Absolutely delicious. Go to CoorsLight.com. You can find out all about Coors Light. You can get the brood right there in Golden, Colorado. You know where it is. Um, pull it up on your Apple Maps and just drive over. Look, it's going to it's gonna be a white Christmas over there. You tour the facility, and you will make somebody's Christmas if you take them to the Coors Brewing Facility in Golden, Colorado. Let them have a nice, crisp, Coors Light to take the edge off. Everybody's been go, go, go this whole 2020. Well, Coors Light's here to save the day. It's like a alcoholic Superman. It's going to save the day for you. CoorsLight.com, the silver bullet. It keeps away werewolves and it quenches your thirst. You want to check them out at CoorsLight.com. We do want you to celebrate responsibly. Please do that. But we mostly want you to celebrate. All right, Jimmy. Um, <clears throat> Let's move on here a little bit. The uh, college football rankings came out. Alabama, uh, they, you know, I know they came out the other day, but they, we're doing this on a Wednesday for a Thursday podcast, so y'all bear with us. Um, Alabama number one, uh, Ohio State still number four, and they, as of the recording, they have not switched around everything to let Ohio State sneak in this thing. They're gonna do that, though, right? That's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean. I, I don't see how they won't or, or why they wouldn't. And uh, it, it's just something I totally expect. And I'm not going to get mad. About, I mean, why get mad about it? I mean, here's the deal. And, and I know everybody's going to have different opinions. And, of course, with the pandemic and every league doing something different, it was inevitable 
that something was going to happen that would cause some level of controversy and complaining. But this is the way I look at it. It, it, whoever is going to be national champion, whether it's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, who, whoever's going to be national champion, this is what you have to do. You have to beat everybody. And, and hey, if, if Ohio State, if 5-0 and Ohio State is who you have to beat to be national champions, then go beat Ohio State. Now, I agree with you. Um, boy, this is this, – this between this and the ACC basically canceling a game before the uh, championship game – is I mean it just set a horrible precedent, and man, I just I I I hope the committee take. I'm going to tell you what: if Ohio State doesn't play this weekend, they play in the championship game, and they and let's say Northwestern, you know, they they, they keep it tight. You know, it's only a 10, 14 point game. I hope they keep that in in mind. And here's the other thing: if you let Ohio State in, because we all agree they're one of the four most talented. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if you let Ohio State in, where do you put them? Do you put them at four? If you put them at four, then you're punishing Alabama, assuming Alabama's the one seed. Because you're you're taking probably the second or third most talented team in the country and making them in the four seed when they've had the most rest of anybody. And Alabama has less tape to go on. That's bullshit. But if you put them in the three seed, it's it's a it's a slap to the number two seed, which I get, but just maybe a little less. So if you put Ohio State in, you got to put them at two or three. And secondly, if you put them in, what you're saying is, well, we know they should have played um, whoever the hell else that you know they couldn't play because of COVID. That all these other various teams like Michigan and whatever, um, they should have played them, but they couldn't because of COVID. And Ohio State was going to beat them anyway. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Uh, Ohio <laughs> State right. has lost. To Michigan State recently, at home, nonetheless. They've lost to uh, Purdue in a blowout fashion, and they've lost to Iowa in a blowout fashion. So my point is, Ohio State has done this before, and they've screwed up against non-ranked opponents. So I don't think it's fair to say they just would have waltzed through the rest of the Big Ten. And and if you're Cincinnati or if you're – Iowa State at seven is kind of a joke to me, but, you know, or if you're A&M. Yeah, I don't like that either. I didn't like that either about the rankings, by the way. I, I thought Iowa State was too – they've lost twice and once was to, to Lafayette. Let's not pretend like that didn't happen. And I'm not saying Lafayette's bad. They're not bad. They're actually pretty good. But Lafayette shouldn't be beating a top-10 team. If you, right. if you lost to Louisiana Lafayette, you, you shouldn't be in the top-10. No. Right. I, mean, I mean, maybe around 10, but not top-10. I, I didn't like that. And what, what, I, Instead of getting upset about Ohio State today – I'm going to save it for selection Sunday, just in the sense of just in the sense of there's two more weeks. And if Ohio State gets in and they've only played six games, let's say they're in because they played six games and they're six and oh, if they're in, I want to know this before I get upset. I want to know, OK, who was excluded? I mean, I, and, and I need to know what all the facts were, not hypotheticals. OK, who? got excluded unfairly and if i feel someone was excluded unfairly then i'll be i'll be that guy that's mad online as they call it and i'll rant on twitter or something here and there if someone is treated unfairly but until we know who that is uh you know we'll just have to see what happens because it could be at six and oh they have the best case i mean maybe i mean we'll have to see how games play out now hang on a second they they don't have you mean the best case for that that's the extra spot. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I'm saying is that they might have one of the four best cases for being in two weeks from now. They might. I mean, well, I don't think they will. I don't think so. But but they might. No, so. you're right. And here's the thing that um, they it, we need to see how this all plays out, because if, if Alabama goes undefeated and they finish one, let's just put that aside. And let's say Clemson just buries Notre Dame. Or if Clemson buries Notre Dame or if Notre Dame beats Clemson, either one of those two, one of those two will be in. I think the other one could be out. Um, if, could if, be. If, I mean, if Notre Dame gets beat by 40, I mean, people are going to say, yeah, maybe having Trevor Lawrence makes a difference. Um, and it's going to be hard to put Notre Dame in. I get that. Now, in that case, you know, if you're left with a lot fewer choices and if Texas A&M doesn't get to play Ole Miss and let's say these – who would – Texas A&M's got Tennessee. Let's say Tennessee pulls a rabbit out of the hat and beats A&M, and so they're no longer eligible. I mean, all of a sudden, you're kind of you, – you're like, oh, shit, we may have taken Cincinnati and Ohio State. <laughs> That's exactly right. We have to see how it plays out. I think it's a little misplaced to be, like I said, mad about it today. Now, let's all be mad when that Sunday rolls around and Ohio State's in and someone got screwed uh, <laughs> by it. I mean, then, then let's get mad. But uh, until that time, I'm going to hope – that the committee takes the four best teams uh, that have the four best cases to get in. And here's somebody no one talks about at all, and I don't know how many games they're going to end up playing. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we're like, well, Ohio State played six games and that's enough to get in, they're 6-0, and then what if USC finishes Pac-12 champs and they're 6-0? and I mean, yeah. why, why are they being left out? <laughs> so, so uh so there, there's still, when I say there's a lot of football left to be played, that's not true. There's only two more. There's only two more weekends, but they're two pretty crucial weekends, particularly the final weekend, the 19th. I mean, that's when when we're, when, when it's really gonna, you know, the clouds will part. We'll really see what the situation is. And by the way, at Notre Dame Clemson, which is fascinating, no doubt. I, I was one of the few that uh, that picked Notre Dame to win the first time around. I'm not sure what I'm going to pick this time around. Probably Clemson, but here's a theory: um, Notre Dame is better than Clemson. That, that's a th- <laughs> and and there's evidence to suggest it's true because they played in Notre Dame one. And yes, Clemson was missing a few players, but I don't think missing Trevor was why Clemson lost the game because DJ threw for for the most yards ever thrown against Notre Dame in Notre Dame's history. So. Uh, we'll see. I think I'm not, put it this way, I am not going to be even surprised if Notre Dame uh, beats Clemson again. Um, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a few odd and end things. Okay, Jimmy, first of all, Jalen Hurts named the starter for the Eagles. And, you know, I know some people may not feel this way. I do. I'm a Jalen Hurts fan now and forever, and for me, he's an Alabama guy, and I hope that when he's named the starter, he says, Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma and Alabama, or Alabama and Oklahoma. I hope that's what he says, because I feel like that's how he should feel, um, and I believe he's the kind of guy that would do something like that, because um, he was a, a rent-a-cop at, at Oklahoma, but he's an Alabama guy. I mean, I, I believe his heart's in Tuscaloosa. I, I want to believe that. I don't know if it's true. I want to believe that, and I'm going to. I don't know that he's being put in a great situation here. Yeah, it's not a great team. Um, I don't know. I've I've watched the Eagles play a couple times. I can't really explain why Carson Wentz is bad. I mean, maybe we'll find out later he's hurt. or I I can't really explain or or he's never recovered from previous injuries. 
uh, it's hard to explain. I guess it's like golfers, you know, who are number one in the world. And then three years later, you know, they can't even win their club championship. I guess it's like that. Maybe, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I'm just happy for Jalen. And, and, and I remember, you know, Jalen was bashed a lot by Alabama fans. Now I think a lot of it was the, the thirst for Tua to be the starter. And, and, and some just took that out on Jalen, which, which wasn't fair to the kid, but, but, Man, what a, what a story. Jalen Hurts is one of the great football stories of the past 10 or 12 years um, in terms of his ups and his downs. And uh, But now, now, regardless of how it works out, regardless of what the future holds, uh, Jalen Hurts was a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And that, that's even if it only happens this once against the Saints. Uh Jalen Hurts uh, and and how many how many Alabama there there there's been nights particularly the night he lost to Auburn and played poorly in 2017 Ooh. at Auburn. Uh, man, if you if you'd have been stupid enough and brave enough to wade onto the Alabama message boards and say I think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you would have been annihilated, assassinated, oh, probably God. physically attacked. And, and, there's no question because I'll tell you <laughs> he was awful against Auburn. And I think, boy, it's so easy to say, you know, the, in hindsight, man, I think if we play two of that game at, at halftime or whatever, I think we win that game. There's no, I think we go undefeated. Um, right. I, I really do. Now, that may have changed, the, you know, but that changed so much because um, a, a, Tua coming in when he did is so magical for him and Devontae and the program that it, and Najee for that matter. Um, it just, it, it's, I don't know that I would trade that. I mean, fine. We lost the iron bowl, but we got the biggest prize and I'm fine with that. Um, and it's just interesting. I wish, I don't know. I don't think the Eagles play the dolphins, but how interesting would that be? And, um, you know, you go back to even the Clemson game. I mean, uh, in, in the semifinals that year, Jalen played like crap that game. He played awful that game and they were going to make the switch until we had the pick six. If I remember right. Yeah, they went into the. I mean, I know from 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 it just being obvious and from inside the program, the the plan was, you know, Tua got a lot of practice. Tua looked good in practice. I think you actually went to one of those practices. Um, and the plan was, okay, if, if Jalen's going to start, and we'll see how it goes. And if the offense uh, needs a spark, if if things aren't working out, then we're going to go to Tua. But what happened was the defense was so good that night, really good defense. I guess that was the last Jeremy Pruitt defense. Um, the defense was really good. Once we were up a couple of scores, it was apparent Clemson uh, was not going to get in the end zone or, or, or be much of a threat. So they never made the change. But they were prepared to make the change that night, and that's what's le- what led to making the change in the Georgia game is they were going to do it against Clemson. And, and I think, in retrospect, the fact they were going to do it against Clemson tells me that I don't know if regret is the right word, but after the Auburn game and the analysis of that Auburn game where Jalen didn't play well, I think there might have been some, you know, probably should have had Tua better prepared or maybe we just should have gone with Tua because it was the very next game. The decision was made, okay, we're going to go to Tua next time. And Hey, it worked out. I mean, the thing is, I mean, you know, it worked out. We're a national champion and and could have easily have been the national champion the year before and with Jalen um, as a freshman. And uh, and I think his career would be looked at differently if, if the defense had made a stop in its one final drive of the year 
then ironically, we would look at Jalen a little differently, I think. But he's an Alabama legend to me. We, we have yeah. lots of great players, but, but, but to me, Jalen is a legend. And uh, I'm really happy for him. Uh, the Eagles just need to put a better team around him. They're, they're likely to have a top 10 pick. I, I was looking at the top 10 today, and here's two teams picking in the top 10 that could really use an outside playmaker at wide receiver are the Eagles and the Dolphins. Yeah. Both picking the top 10. Could Sertan, I mean, could Waddle and Devontae both go in the top 10 to the Eagles and the Dolphins to wow. play with Jalen and two? I mean, could. I mean, those two teams are picking in the top 10 and, and they need outside playmakers. They do. I would love to see, you know, some combination of that all day because uh, uh, Jalen and Waddle had a great combo in the 2018 Iron Bowl for a touchdown. And then, um, you know, of course, Tua and Waddle had several, but uh, Tua and Devante famously had uh, the national championship game. And then uh, Jalen Hurts and uh, Devante had the game winner against Mississippi State. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to be happy about right there. And Jalen also had in that 2018 SEC championship game, Jalen had a big pass. Uh, to waddle uh, late in the game that that led a drive, and then he, uh, of course, Tua had a touchdown pass to waddle, very similar to the 2018 Hurts to waddle pass for a touchdown. But I digress. Um, one more thing here, Jimmy Najee Harris needs 177 yards and three rushing TDs to become the all-time leading rusher and score in Alabama history, or not score, but a TD rushing TD guy. Uh, Devontae Smith only needs 50 receiving yards and 31 receptions to become the all-time leading leader in those two categories. I think you'll get the 50 receiving yards. It's going to be hard to get 31 catches. If assume he plays four games, it's still going to be hard. Now, he averages almost nine catches a game, but um, I think it's going to be difficult because yeah. now we're about to play some stiffer competition. Right. Did you say Najee needs 177 to become Alabama's all-time leading rusher? Correct. Ahead of, is it? Gary uh, Henry. Derek, okay, so it's Derek, and he's just 177 short. Yep. That's crazy. I think he's going to get there. I don't know if he'll get there this week. I don't think he'll get there this week, but I think in Atlanta, I think think in Atlanta against Florida, it's a a really good chance. I I, I see the Florida game being a shootout of sorts. I mean, we're going to get to talk about it all next week, but uh, I, I see it being a shootout. And, and, and us being right back upset at Pete Colding again. Uh, I, I, I just think Florida is designed to score a lot on us. And, uh, you know, our defense has given up a lot of points and yards to Heisman-worthy quarterbacks uh, over the past few years, and Trask fits that description. Kyle Pitts is a matchup problem for anyone, including us, because we've had trouble covering anyone that's not an outside wide receiver <laughs> this year. Uh, I, I think I think Florida is going to score in the 30s against Alabama, and it will be incumbent upon the offense to score in the 40s if we want to win the game. Devontae also needs 45 catches to have the single season mark eclipsed that uh, Amari Cooper had, and Amari yeah. Cooper actually did it. Well, Amari Cooper did it with what 13 games? 14. No, he didn't, didn't play. He 14. Yeah, it was 14 games. You're right. He did 14 games. And Devontae, I guess, will have only 13 max. 13, 13 max. So, um, well, that's, you know, still, I don't care. Close. I, yeah. just, I think no. this is, it's 
fun to keep up with this. It's fun to have so many record breakers on one team. I don't give a shit what T. Bob Bear says. This is a lot of fun. I'm getting a kick out of it. <laughs> I hope Najee uh, wins the Dope Walker. I was looking at that list today. A few deserving guys. I, I, I guess the cat from Iowa State's going to win it because he's leading the nation in rushing, and he's good. I've seen him. He's a good player. Brees Hall. Uh, and the kid at Buffalo – I guess you can't win the Doak Walker when you're at Buffalo, but that kid is like breaking Barry Sanders records. I mean, <laughs> the kid of Buffalo has been really productive, but my guess is Najee will finish second behind the cat from Iowa state, but yeah. he could win it. He could. I think Najee's going to win it. Oh, I'll be sweet. He scored a lot of touchdowns. He need, he'll need one big game. Get a big game this weekend. Najee, I mean, he's playing Arkansas. You should be, should have a, I'm going to say he has a chance to have a big game this weekend and the next weekend. Yeah, and with everybody watching, I'm not sure when the votes are due in on those kind of awards or or how it's determined. But I think the Alabama-Florida-Clemson-Notre Dame doubleheader is going to get monster TV ratings. Monster TV ratings. Oh, God. That's going to be like if you said, hey – we're just going to have um, Sarah Jean Underwood and Kim Kardashian naked on E. Y'all want to watch that? I'll take that over the monkeys at, at Casimus's place. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't tell you what the monkeys look like. <laughs> what kind of monkeys? Introducing, kind of monkeys introducing a baboon. We call her Sophia Vergaro. Oh, uh, Banana Montana. I like that. How about that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. Um, I got to get out of here, ironically, and do a show called Auburn Blitz. So uh, I got to run, but uh, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.